welcome yes one and all and how are you today i'm your host Salome jacobs welcome back ni hao ni welcome to super soulful sunday on this somewhat rather late than never but on time for your time and my time it's not god's time hey Jen dobre, Josam, Buenas tardes, como esta? Buono giornata, guten tag. Merhaba to all of you, far and wide. So please, join me in that charming setting yet ethereal, where hearts are mended, lives restored. You and I can only but be safe and not be ignored. Gosh, you know, the first Sunday, yes, leading up to Christmas is upon us, isn't it so? So let's include God and the angels in our plans and everywhere that you and I might go or roam. A time of family, of fun, of just remembering how far you and I have come. Well, as they say, without any further ado, feel welcome, feel blessed, feel that you have accomplished what you wanted to do. And if not, thank God for all you are my tests. So once again, so nice to have you join me today in that ethereal presence, that omnipotent presence, that sublime presence, that praying presence, that coming together to hearken to what God has to say to you and me. That standing in the need of prayer presence, if you know what I mean. That soulful, joyful presence, wishing you and me that all is well with our soul presence and asking you is there anything that you need well it is super soulful sunday in the heart and soul of into the garden and joining me today today is none other than elder angela morris and she's speaking to you and me about divine appointments that will change your life so Without any further ado, make haste and make yourself a decadent cup of tea or coffee, glass of water, juice, whatever you prefer. Then join me right here on Super Soulful Sunday. On this beautiful super soulful Sunday yes as I said earlier joining me today is elder Angela Morris and she's speaking to us about divine appointments that will change your life she speaks about an article that changed her life and I'm looking forward to listening to it myself she shares something that has impacted her life and as you know there are times in our lives when you pick up a book or something out of the ordinary has you so piqued that speaks volumes to you and me something that leaves you breathless if you know what i mean that thing that speaks to you as if you're the only one who really gets it who understands it or something that resonates and you are the only one who receives it so i welcome once again my dear soul sister and friend elder angela morris from orlando florida usa to share what god has laid upon her heart to share with each and every one of us today then there is a true moral story as well as preparing ourselves during advent so let's get cozy let's get comfortable and let's get cheerful as we align and tune our hearts to the word of the lord this very day Angela Morris, and welcome to Into the Garden Podcast. I am blessed, I am honored to be here 
We had a wonderful, wonderful Thanksgiving. I'm so, so very thankful for so many things in my life. As I was reading on yesterday, I came across an article that I read many years ago, and it spoke volumes to me. And so I wanted to share this article with you and let you know the impact it had on my life. And the name of that article by Jonas Clark was called Divine Appointments Will Change Your Life. Did you know that? Divine Appointments Will Change Your Life. So you're probably saying, okay, Angela Mars, what is a divine appointment? Well, let me tell you. Divine appointments are meetings arranged by the Holy Spirit with people that have something in them that you need in you. Let me say that again. Divine appointments are meetings arranged by the Holy Spirit with people that have something in them that you need in you. See, these divine appointments are with men and women that he calls the uncommon man. You will come in contact with thousands of people in your life. Most of them are common and ordinary in, 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 you know, in every way. Sometimes, however, you will encounter what we call the uncommon man. You see, it's these uncommon people that can change the course of your life. When I read that, I thought about my career choice or my career path in being an educator. I was a shy, like, young teacher. I started teaching, I think, probably around mm, 23, maybe 23, 24 years old. So, you know, I wasn't fresh out of school. I think I was, I didn't go probably into teaching for about, mm, about three years, two or three years after graduation. Well, I was a shy, young teacher who just loved children. I had no idea what God had in store for me. Well, I became a first grade teacher at an elite school in an elite area back in 1990. My love for children forced me to be the best me that I could be. I had a principal that pushed me to grow professionally. I didn't realize I was being set up by God as he slowly pushed me into my destiny. I was extremely afraid to talk to, uh, to an audience of, uh, of adults because I'm a classroom teacher. I talk to children, but I had years of experience talking to my students, reading stories, working closely with my, with my, my teammates, not even realizing all of this was a part of my growth. I even, I served not only as a classroom teacher, I serve as a mentor to my teammates. I served as a team leader and eventually I became what we call an instructional coach that caused me to work even closer with other colleagues not on my team. Now, after being that being in that particular school for about 15 years, there came a stirring in my spirit. I knew God needed more from me. I knew God required more from me. I knew it was time to leave. And there was no sadness. I just knew my time here is up. All that I needed to have learned at that particular school, it was now time for me to move on. So I, not knowing where I was going, I packed everything I had, not knowing where I was going. And on the last couple of days of our, our post-planning, you know, we're you know, closing down for the day, I received a phone call. I did not ask for this. I want you to know I received a phone call asking if I could come to this particular, another school for an interview, for a new position. I was like, God, you're working, you're working. So I was told they would get back with me. I went to the interview and they told me, I'll get back with you. Well, by the, I think two days later, well, let me, I didn't say this part. By the way, the young lady who interviewed me was a former colleague who already knew me and knew what I was capable capable of doing. Yes, another divine appointment. Well, anyway, in a couple of days, they got back with me and said, if you want the job, the job is yours. I went from working and serving students to working and serving other teachers. When I tell you God is awesome, he is absolutely awesome. And even though I was there at that particular school for 15 years, I actually was a classroom teacher for 22 years. 
and God put that stirring in my spirit. It was now time to, he, he, was, he wanted to change the course or the direction of my life. And he put that stirring in my spirit and it was now time to leave that school. So I went to my principal before leaving to let her know how I thank God so much for her. Because I said to her, you were one of the necessary people God placed in my life to bring out the best in me. Thus propelling me into my destiny called teaching. So now I'm going into a whole different era, a whole different direction of teaching. You see, the meeting of my principal, her name was Melanie Craig, was what I call uh, uh, indeed a divine appointment that changed the, the, the direction of my life. And even though I have been retired now for six years, I credit that divine appointment for who I am and where I am today. And in the 15 years there with Melanie Craig, I grew spiritually and I grew professionally. You see, Melanie Craig became the uncommon woman. The drive she had, the push she had, the professionalism she exhibited was all passed on to me. It became a part of me, who I am today. And I'm so, so very thankful to God for that experience. And I still today have a, a, a relationship with her. We are still in contact. We go out to lunch, you know, as she does with so many of her other uh, teachers that have now gone. She has now retired. She retired many, many years ago. But I'm so grateful and so thankful for what was imparted into me. Now, the scriptures tells us that a Samaritan woman experienced what we call a divine appointment with Jesus. Now, everybody knows the, you know, this testimony is well known among Christians, you know, because during that particular meeting um, in scripture, Jesus asked the woman for something to drink. And this surprised her because guess what? The Jews and the Samaritans didn't get along with each other. But this was no ordinary Jew. So what do you think we call this Jesus or our Jesus? This was a meeting with an uncommon man. Now, in scripture, John chapter 4, verses 6 through 11 says, Now Jacob was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well. And it was about the sixth hour. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away into the city, unto the city to buy meat. Then said the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou being a Jew asketh me for a drink, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, give me the drink, thou would have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. The woman said unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to drink with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? A lot happened at this meeting with the Samaritan. Christ told the woman, if you knew the gift, in other words, he's talking about himself because he was the uncommon man. He told, he said to her, if you knew the gift you were talking to, you wouldn't be asking me common questions, but uncommon, uncommon questions, and I would give you uncommon answers. So let me give you just a couple of pointers. Know who you are talking to. Know who your audience is. Surround yourself with uncommon men, uncommon women, and know that one conversation can change your life. Also, know that divine revelations are often connected to divine appointments. Let me say that again. Divine revelations are often connected to divine appointments. Now, let me end by saying this. Knowing who you are talking to is very important. Proverbs chapter 1 verse 5 says, A wise man will hear and will increase learning, and a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsels. So look for the wise and look for the different. 
draw on the divine revelation within them. It's the uncommon man the Holy Spirit brings into your life that has something significant to impart, something significant to inspire, and something significant to encourage. Remember this. Divine appointments are meetings arranged by the Holy Spirit with people, with people, with people that have something in them that you need in you. Divine appointments will change the direction of your life. And these divine appointments are with men and women that I call the uncommon man. Look back over your life and you can probably see some of the uncommon men and women that God placed in your life. And you too might be able to say, as I said, my principal became an uncommon woman in my life because she had something that I needed. Her spiritualism, her professionalism, her developing teachers. I needed all that to push me to where I am today. And for that, I am eternally grateful. God bless you. in you are cozy yes and you are still comfortable with a refreshing cup of tea perhaps a second cup if you know what I mean but up next is I declare and we are on day five yes it's super soulful Sunday where we still believe that speaking and declaring positive over you and me is the thing that we need isn't it well it says I declare I'm grateful for who God is in my life and for what he's done. I will not take for granted the people, the opportunities and the favour he has blessed me with. I will look at what is right and not what is wrong. I will thank him for what I have and not complain about what I don't have. I will say each day as a gift from God. My heart will overflow with praise and gratitude for all of his goodness. This is my declaration. So may you this day be grateful and let's not complain too much. He goes on to say, whenever I talk to people who have had life-threatening experiences, whether from an illness, an accident or some other challenges, Without fail, they talk about how they have come to appreciate each and every day more than ever before. They don't take a minute for granted. They see every day as a gift from God. Oh yes, each day you and I wake up certainly is a gift and a moment given to you and me from the heartbeat of God where he delights in you and me. We have to realize that our lives could be gone in a moment, in a split of a second. There are no guarantees that we will be here at this time next year. Learn how to live each day to the fullest. Don't complain, don't focus on what's wrong, but be grateful for the opportunity to experience each day. Oh yes, things may not be perfect. You may have some aches and pains, you may have some adversity, but in the big scope of things, you lift and your life could be a whole lot worse. So you lift yourself up and you encourage yourself and you believe that you will overcome above all else. He said, he heard somebody say that if only I had an hour to live, whom would you call? What would you say? And what are you waiting for? Don't take for granted what God has already given you. You may not realize it, but we are living in the good old days. He says, I'm convinced 20 or 30 years from now on, you will look back and say, those were some great times, wasn't it? I remember when Lakewood was over 
in East Houston. I remember when Joe was just a young man. I remember when his brother Paul had some hair. Yes, those were the good old days. What would you and I be saying 20 or 30 years from now? Can you remember? Our, 20, our first 21 days of lockdown. Can you remember the extensions of lockdown? Can you remember that it was the first time ever that you and I were wearing masks? Yes, when we sit back a few years from now and say, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is indeed good. How he has carried you and me thus far says the Lord that he will continue to provide for you to design moments for you and me yes because in a blink of an eye things can change so drastically Think about it. When you and I go through life so disheartened, perhaps miserable as can be, but there's a God that has provided for you. He breathed life into you. You come from the rib of Adam, from the loin of Adam. So stand up like Adam and declare, indeed, this is the day that the Lord has made and you and I, we will rejoice and be glad in it. He goes on to say, I used to play football with a young man, a strong athlete who began having problems with one of his eyes. He went to the doctor and was told that he had a form of cancer that threatened the vision in his eyes. As you can imagine, he was devastated. He could not believe it. Then he went in for surgery and the doctors found that he didn't have cancer. Instead, they found an unusual fungus which they were able to remove. His vision was saved. When my friend woke up from the operation and heard the good news, he said, this is the greatest day of my life. So just think about it. He didn't just win the lottery. He didn't just earn a big promotion. He didn't just buy a new home. He simply learned that he would continue to have the vision he always had. So he said to me, Joel, now every morning when I get up, I look around on purpose. I stare at my children. I go outside and I look up at the leaves. I take time to pick up an acorn and I'll just stare at it if you please because he almost lost his vision. Seeing has now taken on a whole new meaning. He appreciates it in a much greater way. So let's appreciate not just one another, but appreciate the moments, the small things every day. That you and I appreciate waking up in the morning, see the birds flying, bees humming, trees swaying, birds in the air, clouds or no clouds. But the creation of God in a more favourable way than you and I would ever expect or could have seen. So let's appreciate one another for, for all we know. Your my seat could be empty and then we would say, what would you say of that soul sister or that soul brother? out there let's speak and let's encourage and inspire and uplift one another let's create wonderful moments for one another 
So I hope that you enjoyed day five on Super Soulful Sunday, I declare. God speaks on Super Soulful Sunday. Next is a beautiful true moral as well as an inspirational story lord where are you oh yes that's a question you and i ask and these are collection of stories oh of course the names have changed but it's so wonderful to see how these stories much less like chicken soup for my soul if you know what i mean are stories that speak into your life and my life and that can resonate and simply heal the brokenness in you or me it was a little after 12 in the afternoon on a Sunday at my father-in-law's. It was his birthday and he was busy cooking up his self-proclaimed famous brisket. My wife was inside finishing up the potato salad while I was occupied helping my uncle with the TV, he says. The food was about ready, so all of the kids rushed outside with their grandma and grandpa. Now let me just say, we are the type to never let our children out of our eyesight and at the risk of causing more pain, what happened, happened. I've always heard of horrific accidents in other families but never would I have thought it could happen to us. Noah fell in the pond. While working on my uncle's TV, the door comes flying open. Noah's grandmother was hysterically saying, and crying Noah fell in the pond my heart was in my throat as I barreled around the corner everything felt as though it was in slow motion I screamed for my baby boy Noah Noah while rounding the corner I noticed a crowd of people knelt down surrounding him my boy was lifeless and gray I watched as his little body bounced on the dirt as my father-in-law pressed on his tiny bare chest. To give credit to my wife, I learned later that she was able to evacuate the water from his lungs and get a pulse before I saw him. But chest compression had to continue because he wasn't breathing on his own. Gosh. Now you can already imagine what must be going through this person's mind, isn't it? The presence of God. I have seen miracles and did not doubt the power of God, but I have to be honest. He says, until that day I had never physically felt the presence of God, at least not enough to know for sure. I had spent a good part of two years crying out to God, Lord, where are you? As a boy, I was rejected by my own father, so I figured that this was no different. I wasn't sure I wouldn't ever get an answer. I collapsed down in front of the scene. At first, I had the most natural reaction, a denial of impending doom for my son. Suddenly, an indescribable peace came over me, he says. Now, I can't tell you why I did what I did, but these words poured from my lips. Praising God. Thank you, Father God, for giving back to us, my son. I was claiming victory, but at the same time, my earthly self was asking, What are you saying? He's dead, and you're thanking God. Once more, thank you, Father God, for breathing your breath of life into him in Jesus' name. It was at that moment Noah gasped 
beautiful air. It was as if God was showing me. Do you see? I've been here this whole time. Never again will I accept that God has rejected a personal relationship with me, he says, through the entirety of Noah's recovery. God has given us an overwhelming peace. After the first day, doctors were unsure of any brain damage. Through the next few nights, it was a combination of rebuking the devil of his lies that Noah wouldn't be the same and praising God for his continued victory. By the third day, Noah was back to his old smiling self, full of energy. On the third day. So, on the third day is a very significant day. Number three. I love numbers, as you can say. They carry weight. They speak volumes into your life and mine. They come with so much weight. So much promise. So much empathy. That if you and I only hearken to the voice of God, to the pleas of God to say, come back to me. Though you have stumbled, though you have roamed, come back to me and I will save thee. I will stretch out my arms during these uncertain times and I will touch you, heal you, sanctify you. I will not push you away. I won't say I won't be there for you. But heed these words, Lord, where are you today? this past Sunday, in fact yesterday. But no one really knows when Advent first began, is it? But the four weeks leading up to Advent, there are four Sundays and each of them has a specific theme or focus if you know what I mean. Week one hope or a promise and this comes from Isaiah chapter 9 verse 2 and then 6 through to 7 hope what are you and I hoping for the people walking in darkness have seen a great light or those living in the land of deep darkness but a light has dawned for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders. Oh yes, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of this, his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Well, as you know, yesterday was the first Sunday. Hope. What are you hoping for before the end of the year? As there are four weeks to Advent. 
Let's put him first before we do anything and trust God for the lead that comes. For it simply says that hope or promise is the first. The second is preparation. When you and I are waiting on a prophecy. Preparation. So yes, you are shopping around, you are getting things done, tidying up at home. You are preparing, isn't it? But are you and I preparing for the birth of our dear Lord and Saviour? Before anything else, let's ask God, let's tune in to Him first. Because according to Isaiah 40 from verse 3 through to 5, it says, A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level, the rugged places a plain. And the glory of the Lord will be revealed and all people will see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Week 3 says joy or peace. And that's found in Matthew chapter 2 verse 10 and 11. When they saw the star, imagine that, they were overjoyed. O little star of Bethlehem. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with the gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And week four says, Love or adoration. According to John chapter 3 from verse 16 through to 19, and you know that famous verse, For God so loved the world that he gave his only, one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. This is the verdict. Light has come into our world, but people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. So as you and I this day, we push back the darkness, we push back the darkness, and ask God to reveal His light. So may we, 20, 21. It's called on the prophets of old, especially Isaiah, waiting in hope for the Messiah's arrival. We call on Bethlehem for faith. Micah foretold that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem, which is the birthplace also of King David. Enjoy. Imagine seeing the delight on the shepherds' faces today. To the shepherds' great joy, the angels announced that Jesus came for humble, unimportant people just like you and me. It also remembers and signifies joy. And then peace. The angels announced that Jesus came to bring peace. He came to bring people closer to God and to each other again. So this time, as you and I push back the darkness, we ask God to bring each of us families closer to one another once again. And then light and purity to the world. And this is the birth of the infant born 
in the cradle oh so long ago and forlorn. Yes, and in Spanish they say posadas, posadas, where if you're looking for shelter or lodging, this is done from the period from December the 16th to the 24th, where a group of people, they reenact Joseph and Mary's journey from Nazareth to Bethlehem. And they plan this route from house to house, asking for lodging. Each home plays the role of an innkeeper and refuses to host them. But the last house, everyone is invited inside for prayer and refreshments. Santa Lucia is done on the morning of December the 13th. Santa Lucia. I can just imagine my mum's face being once a Spanish dancer. and this is also where Santa Lucia the oldest daughter in the house dresses in a white robe with a red sash and she wears a wreath with lighted candles on her head she carries a breakfast of coffee gingerbread cookies and saffron buns to her parents bedroom the younger daughters follow the oldest. Carrying a single candle, the brothers called star boys wear tall pointed hats. It's a time of Come Thou Long Expected Jesus by Charles Wesley. Come Thou Long Expected Jesus, born to set thy people free. From our fears and sins release us, let us find our rest in thee. Israel's strength and consolation, hope of all the earth thou art. Dear desire of every nation, joy of every longing heart. Born thy people to deliver, born a child and yet a king. Born to reign in us forever, now thy gracious kingdom bring. By thine own internal spirit, rule in all our hearts alone. By thine all-sufficient merit, raise us to thy precious throne. And this is by Charles Wesley. Hope for you and me this day. Super Soulful Sunday. to the end of Super Soulful Sunday. First of all to Elder Angela Morris for embracing you and me. Yes, all the way from Orlando, Florida, USA, you say. And I thank God for technology and for sharing how this article has changed her life. Divine appointments will change your and my life. So wherever you are, Neil, for I hope that you have or will cherish this episode. Soulful, enlightful, insightful on Super Soulful Sunday. You are most welcome to share this episode with friends and neighbours, with work colleagues. But most of all, thank you for sharing the love. And wherever you are during this time, let's put God first above all else. And let's pray and cover one another during this time. So if you are flying anywhere during this time to spend Christmas with loved ones, safe journey mercies, safe travelling mercies, bon voyage wherever you are. So whether you are tuning in, whether you are sitting at the airport, I thank you. Whether you are just 
popping in at a gift shop at the airport. I trust God that there will be an opportune time that you will find you don't know the cost of my alabaster box at a gift shop. I'm trusting God that you will simply just lay your hands and feel the anointing over that book wherever you may find. And with that said, yes, we have two books on display. You don't know the cost of my alabaster box, as well as Prophet Keith Van Royen's book. These two books. Yes, profound. Profound indeed. Cave of obscurity, hidden to be revealed, Ashur must have and of course Ashur must read. And both these books are at a low cost of 200 rand. So I thank you very well in advance for supporting local artists. And so from me, I'd like to say a huge thank you to frontline workers home based carers, physiotherapists, seeing to the need of those bedridden you say, those with stroke, those with whatever ailments, the shutting you say, we raise a hallelujah and thank God for unusual healing, favourable healing during this time and to attend to your and my needs. To the students with writing exams, young and old, at university or college I'm told, you are covered and we trust God for a good report, you say. Well, I'd like to say, yes, I've come to the end. So wherever you are, near or far, take care. Look up and thank God. And when you look down, you stomp the head of the enemy to bitter ground. So this is myself and Elder Angela Morris saying, take care until the next time we meet again on Super Soulful Sunday. Shalom, and remember to pray for the state and nation of Israel. Cover them in prayer. Bless our nation, Lord. Heal our nation. Heal our land. Bless your people, Lord. From me, Salome Jacobs, the author of You Don't Know, The Cast of My Alabaster Box, and the Mom with Many Hats signing off. Sayonara, gracias, Sheshene, Disfidinia, Hamsehao, Adios, Dovidinia, Orva, Farval, Adios, Kuligula, Adia, Mai Asamati, Gavasti, Lakon, Tashian, Salamatingal, Avi Design, Arivarachi, Anyong, Spasiba, Havet. Remember there's no pit so deep that God's love is not deeper still. And this is by Corey Ten Boom. All the best for you from Super Soulful Sunday. And remember, God knows best.
pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. But surely I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut the, your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathens do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore do not be like them, for your Father knows the things you need before you even ask Him. In this manner, therefore pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Keep us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. City Harvest Church this morning, when we come and we begin to recognize that God is our Father, that is the moment the kingdom of God will come. That is the time God's will will be done in our life, in this earth as it is in heaven. It is just about coming before God and recognizing that you don't have to use vain repetitions, but you can come before your heavenly Father who loves you and truly recognize that He is your source, truly recognize that He is the creator of heaven and earth. And as you come and open up your heart to Him like a child and unashamedly come before His presence and say, God, give us this day our daily bread and say, God, forgive us our sins and say, God, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us, protect us from the evil one. God's kingdom will come. His will will be done in your life. God's blessing will come. His provision will come. His healing will come. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Come on, lift up your hands and just cry out to Him. Father, 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 You are ever Father. God, You will not leave us as orphans. You will not leave us behind. You will always look after us. to walk so close and dwell among us. He wants to tabernacle with his people this morning. Shigarakarabahaya 
Let's pray a little bit more. Come on, let's pray more fervently for, towards the Lord. Oh God, oh God, oh God, our Heavenly Father, our Abba Father, Creator of heaven and earth. Oh, Lord, we trust you, we believe in you. You are our source. You are our provider. You are our healer, our deliverer. God, you're the one who comes and forgives us of all our sins and all our debts. You wipe away, oh God, all our past transgressions and debts before you. You are the Father of lights, in whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. For every good gift and every perfect gift comes from you. 